You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candice Giss is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candice is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code GEEKOUT, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candice on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. The future comes and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geeks Watch for the geeks and all the geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. We are all three here this week. We're going to be talking more about Star Trek Discovery. I am finally happy I watched an episode. Like, there was a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, it took a while. <laughs> it did take a little bit. <laughs> but uh, we definitely have some geek news to talk about this week. And guess what? Steven's back. That's me, baby. <laughs> all right, John, are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, first thing I want to talk about. Guess what? Legendary. Legendary Entertainment is going to be developing a TV series uh, based off the L. Frank Baum's Oz universe. I mean, obviously, we haven't heard enough about The Wizard of Oz and Dorothy and all that nonsense. So there's a, there's actually a lot there in the books. But like, I feel like, how are they going to sidestep right? things from previous? Like, also, isn't it like MGM owns the rights to the ruby red slippers and stuff like that? And didn't we just do an Oz-based like TV show on NBC like two years ago with Vincent D'Onofrio as somebody. And before that, we also had The Tin Man with Zoe Deschanel. I liked The that Tin was, Man. It was good. That, that was sci-fi good. like mini I liked it. So it was I liked good. It. <laughs> Emerald City was the one with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. I have not yes. seen this. Yeah, it was like two I mean, years ago. Didn't, two, didn't three we years really ago. peak with The Wiz, though? Peak <laughs> is an odd word. It's a word you could that. say. <laughs> uh, how does anybody actually feel about this? I don't think I need it. Yeah. As long as they have the wheelers, I'll be happy. The wheelers? Yes. Like wheeler from Captain Planet? No, wheelers. <laughs> no, Joey from Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the wheelers are those uh, motorcycle human people from Return to Oz with uh, Fryrisa Bulk. I did not watch this uh, These are all words you're saying and I have no idea what <laughs> they mean. You've never seen the, uh, the Return to Oz? No. It was a legit straight sequel to The Wizard of Oz from the 1930s with Firuza Balk in like 1986. What? And yeah, straight up like... I thought, took, I thought they took a long time to put out The Incredibles too. Who's <laughs> Ruza Balk? Uh, she was the main witch from The Craft and oh, the water boy's girlfriend. Yeah, I know her. Yeah. She, she's she real was wicked in, apparently. She was also in The Worst Witch, wasn't she? That the, I don't know. The one with Tim fucking Curry is like the, <laughs> the head witch dude head warlock 
<laughs> all right, cool. You guys are saying stuff. I just think this is it. It's capitalizing on a property that's supposed to have like a lot of like I don't know pop culture cash and anything. That's true. But I don't think it does. I think that we're seeing already like a a thing that is supposed to have all this power just flop. We've seen it happen plenty of times now. Mm-hmm. John Carter, it just yep. being one of those examples. Lone Ranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, to kind of sidestep a little bit, the whole ruby red slippers, although that is, I do believe, trademarked by MGM, that's not really what they were in the books anyway. So if they stick closer to the books and be more literal, they would be silver slippers anyway. Hmm. So I think that's what they ended up using in Emerald City. Yeah. If I, if I, if I remember watching the few episodes I did. But, I mean, <clears throat> okay, fine. I, I just think <laughs> it's, it's a thing that when people think of The Wizard of Oz, it's because that movie was so fucking huge. That do you think of the red, ruby red slippers? Do you, no. But do you, do you guys think that anyone that's gonna be like of the right age when that movie comes out? Do you think they're gonna really know that it's a TV series? What the, like this in general? Sorry, um, this TV show. Because like I think we're at a point now where people aren't recognizing old pop culture things. Mm, that's interesting. Because there's so much now. Yeah, we, we all grew like, up in a time where that wasn't the case. I feel like the new Mary Poppins didn't do very well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Didn't hear about, the, didn't hear really much about that after during the Christmas break. Even though it had my boy Alexander Hamilton in it, <laughs> or as other people know him as Lin Manuel <laughs> Miranda. Uh, I don't know. It, it's a thing. It could happen. We'll, we'll find out if they got some cool cast in there then i would probably at least watch the first episode i, I don't who would who, okay so who is the one actor and in, in what role that we know of from the wizard of oz that would make you guys go for this i don't know uh as like a new dorothy would you i mean would you put her Alexandra at Alexandra teenage- oh god <laughs> But she's so much older. Like, it's wouldn't you take, want man. a sixteen-year-old? It's probably gonna be like Becky G or something. I already hate this. <laughs> How about this? Chris Brown as the Scarecrow. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that at all. Okay, you need to stop with the whiz. <laughs> you just need to stop. I don't know. How about uh, um, it's Adina Mazel as the Wicked Witch of the West? Okay, oh, I like see, this. Now you're just might as well do Wicked if you're gonna do that. Well, I'll take that too. <laughs> exactly. Uh, then, so. do the, then do Wicked. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Army oh, Hammer. I didn't even mention freaking like the man from Oz or whatever that was. What was it? The Oz the Great and Powerful? Oh, the one with uh, James Franco? Yes. Yeah, they it was. completely sidestepped that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's, that falls into the. Well, they the, were supposed the, to make a sequel to that too. Yeah, no, it was awful. It wasn't awful. It was Sam Raimi making something. Sam yeah, Raimi. The last time he did that, it sucked then too. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have to kick you out? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man wasn't I good. Know, I Spider-Man 1 and 2 are great. I know that be- you, you have a soft spot for the part 3s in movies that are awful. <laughs> I don't know why, Mitch. It's I don't have a soft spot for Spider-Man 3. <laughs> trust me. The thing was god-awful. But I also I, don't blame him. I don't I've blame Sam Raimi. That's the, Sony the being like, hey, throw all the shit in here. Throw all of it in. It's bad movies. All of the above. How I like you. Power Rangers, and that show looked, or that movie looked like that, and it was bad. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, Army Hammer is not playing Batman. Everybody, like the end of last weekend, everybody was like, "Oh my God, Army Hammer's gonna be playing Batman." No, he already played Batman. He played it in Justice League Mortal. Did you see that movie? No, you didn't. No one saw that movie, but he did. They did screen tests, and they had photo shoots, and then all of a sudden there was a. a 
writer strike in Hollywood and the whole movie got scrapped. It was going to be it was going to be directed by the guy who directed Mad Max Fury Road. What's the that director's name? Rodriguez. Nope. George something. George something. That's right. <laughs> uh Romero. I forget, I, I feel horrible that I don't name. remember the guy's name. R. R. Martin. George Miller. George Miller. Thank you. So, anyways, he was supposed to direct that movie. It didn't happen. He was uh, Army Hammer was going to be Batman. Uh, DJ Cortana, Corderon, something what? like that. Was DJ Cortana sounds like a nightmare. It's it's Cor- <laughs> it's a lot of Halo Corton or something. <laughs> I don't remember his name. He was going to be Superman. Uh, look, I don't have anything against Army Hammer. I think he's good in the roles that i see him in i just don't think he makes a good batman and especially for this the 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 movie that matt reeves says he's gonna be making which is called it's it's supposed to be called the batman Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be him at his younger career like army hammer doesn't look old i mean by any means he's not young he's not in his early 20s yeah he's not he's not gonna pass for his early 20s what it, if if we're gonna have someone that's younger, honestly, right now, like I know I'm I'm on a high from having just watched Umbrella Academy and everything. Uh-huh. But the the guy that played number one, he wouldn't be bad. And he's like he six five. He is a big a dude, huge bad. <laughs> um, so I just I, I just like that he came out and he was like, look, nobody has actually talked, and nobody that can offer me the role has come to talk to me. So everything that's out on the internet is a lie. So you have to read into that. There's been some well, yeah, some talk behind yeah, because scenes, uh, if you actually watch the interview, like the reporter is like, uh, the reporter says, um, you know, has anybody offered you a role? And he's like, no one's talked to me about it. And he, she goes, well, I'm talking to you about it. And he's like, well, nobody that can offer me the role has talked <laughs> to me about it. So people keep asking him about it, but no one's offered him the role. I, I do like the the scuttlebutt on the internet that everyone. Well, it's not even scuttlebutt. I, I should rephrase that. Um, Everyone on the internet is like, Oscar Isaacs would make a great Batman. I agree with him. Not as he looks like right now, but as he looked like in Drive. He was in Drive? Yeah. God, I, I hated that he, movie he was, so much. He was the, the bad boyfriend, husband. Oh, that's ever. right. He was. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I think him... In, I don't. I, honestly, I don't want him as Batman, but I think him in Annihilation, he looked pretty good. That's fair. I mean... I, technically, they were making that movie during his lunch breaks from uh, thing, everything from Star else. Wars. Yeah. So it'd be him as Poe Dameron also. <laughs> but, I think he'd be good at it. I don't know. But my, my, my top tier one is still Carl Urban. I, I would love Carl Urban as Batman, but now he's he's aged out too. No, no, I don't think so. I think, he, dude, he, he was in, on Xena. He was. He was. He was Cupid. He was Cupid and Mark, Mark Anthony. Yeah. Mark, well, no, he, he did like Anthony. four or five different gods. Yeah, it's, did he? It's, it's a weird one. Yeah, that's but awesome. Because he's also, he was he's, on Xena. Yeah. I, I, he, I don't think we have to worry about him aging out. <laughs> Speaking of which, wasn't Ryan Gosling like young Hercules? He was. Yes, he was. Yeah. Oh, interesting connections there with Drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to get that off my chest because it didn't happen and the internet is a bunch of liars. But you know what did happen? What did happen? They went and canceled. Netflix went and canceled The Punisher and Jessica Jones putting the final nail in the Netflix Marvel universe that we all saw coming, but apparently the the internet still got an uproar about it. And it's also interesting because you know it's the they haven't even aired the last se- or the third season of Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jones. Yeah. So they're making this announcement before they even air it, which to me makes me hope that they do something at the very end of Jessica Jones to say hey thanks, or at least the other people come in to pee their characters for. a 
a second or so. There was a whole season of that, and people didn't like it. Defenders, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I the def- we didn't we didn't like it. We didn't hate it because the characters were bad. We hated it because the story was bad. That's fair. I haven't watched it. I think I stopped halfway through Luke Cage, and I'm like, yeah, I'll get back to this someday. Well, I mean, you still have the time. It's on Netflix. It's going to be there forever, or will it? I mean, they, I mean, unless Disney goes and pays them to take it off, or will they? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Jeff Loeb, who is the head of Marvel Television and longtime comic book writer, wrote a letter to the fans uh, on Marvel.com, and essentially, it ends with a. Uh, uh, our network's partner may have decided they no longer want to continue telling the tales of these great characters, but you know Marvel better than that. As Matt Murdock's dad once said, the measure of a man is not how he gets knocked down, knocked to the mat, it's how he gets back up. To be continued. So That seems fucked up. Because y- you know Netflix didn't want to stop. This was a huge cash cow for them and they enjoyed it real hard. Was so it a huge cash cow though? Like you, you hear about people that the, the the ratings on it or their ratings or whatever was going down. The views on it were going down. I, I went to other places for my superhero stuff. That's for sure. Yeah, I just I don't think that Netflix are the ones that decided to stop doing these things. But according, I mean, according to everybody else, I mean, even even according to them, they said that there are characters to use. We can keep making them or stop it if we want. It's just that Disney changed after things happened, like. Sure, you can get married to somebody, but if they change afterwards, like you're like, yeah, I'd love to still be married with this person, but they're a raging horrible monster now. That's true. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think you brought it up before. You said, uh, uh, why would Netflix want to keep making a show that's only going to redirect people back to Disney's mm-hmm. streaming app? Which, to me, that's like I feel like that's cutting off your nose to spite your face kind of thing. Maybe, but I, I feel like it's like, uh, no, you know, what? like I'm going to stop playing with your toys. Because I've got my own toys. This is true. They have all the toys now. They have Miller World. They have Umbrella Academy. Mm -hmm. They have... I mean, they're making all kinds of more. There's something that they announced this week was with Charlize Theron uh, called The Old Guard. She's (laughs) making... It's an adaptation of a comic book where... um, I forget what it is, but it, it she's going to be involved in it. And they're making that. So that's that's also a thing. That's more... I mean, there are indie comic book properties out there up the wazoo that they're going to probably make. I mean, we got we got the boys coming out on Amazon. We yeah. have... Um, One million others. Yeah, exactly. It, it, like, there's just so many. Yeah. I think the, the fact that Disney and Marvel both have to just go back to the same well every time mm-hmm. is actually the worst thing. Like, every time that you put out some new adaptation of something, someone gets mad because it's not their version of something. And right. that's not the problem. It's just they've only got this same stable of characters. A new character comes out once every like what twenty years maybe. Yeah, but oh, I was gonna say, well, these four characters were pretty. Five characters were pretty new. I mean, we had one Daredevil before, which was Ben Affleck, and even though I like that movie, everybody else hates it. There was also had, a Daredevil in that made-for-TV Hulk movie, Trial of the Incredible. Hulk. Yeah, and there was also a Thor <laughs> in there too. This. Yeah, that's no, because that it's in... the '70s Hulk. You <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. Um, no, I'm, I'm just saying, like I, I think Netflix. Is like, why are we going to keep investing in these same, like, what, 22 characters that you see all the time in Marvel stuff? True. And every once in a while we get someone new. Or we can go do something new and better. Yeah. Oh. And I think that's an easy yeah, decision. Not necessarily better. I think better. You know, they should have got Vincent D'Onofrio to play Odin because he played Thor in 
Revenge of the Babysitter. Nope, or? Adventures in Babysitting. But yeah. I mean, was he? Was that Vincent D'Onofrio? Yes. Yeah. Have you seen Adventures in Babysitting? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's Joe from Joe's Garage, and he's she thinks he's Thor. He's all Thor. What? <laughs> Which the funny thing is to me is that's like that was made not too long right after uh, uh, Full Metal Jacket, and if you look at him in Full Metal Jacket. Where he's private pile. private pile, he's yeah. huge dude, like, and he becomes Thor or Thor looks like. Makes sense to he me. Melted all that baby fat. He, yeah, all of that. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, uh, I, it's gonna <laughs> look from the rumors that are going around. You have is to that, look it up over there. Yeah, I'm looking because that doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> 2020 is when uh, Marvel can use those characters again, so it's really even not that far away. 2020 or 2021 or something like that. So you know we might get them over at Hulu because that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Because I mean we we talked about it last week. The Offenders that Hulu yeah. is going to be making the, that animated those animated series. Mm-hmm. Obviously Disney is going to push off their more risque stuff that they're not going to put on the Disney Plus app and put it on Hulu. Interesting that they're choosing to animate that. They're going to pimp them out. <laughs> that is interesting. That is interesting. You know, I'm still waiting for uh animated or even a live action version of Mouse or even Mouse Guard. I'm sure someone is working yeah, on it somewhere. I agree. Like, it, it'll be like a YouTube. No, not YouTube because it's not animation they don't do very often. I don't know who will do it. Like but Crunchyroll. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> everything else is like ha- like happy and upbeat and everything and then just and then Nazi here, here's Nazis <laughs> <laughs> here's Nazis I just <laughs> here's Nazis I mean it, it could I bet you it's happening at, at, at Netflix I bet you there's someone is shopping it around at Netflix because that would be a really good they should do Mouse, home guard, mouse guard first or Redwall either Mouse Guard would look so awesome yeah hmm. that'd be awesome uh, I want those things me too John Star Wars. Ooh. <laughs> so, uh, it's a rumor, heavily rumored something that it's being reported that Disney Plus is going to develop a Obi-Wan Kenobi, t- Kenobi TV series that was that's going to be extrapolated from the movie that they were going to make, but then when Solo did so horribly, <clears throat> they canceled it. So rather than shelving the idea, they're just gonna dissect it and try to pad it out on a lower budget and a different. I mean, is it method. really gonna be lower budget though? I mean, it's not gonna be like movie quality. I'm sure. I don't know, dude. Some of the stuff that they're. I mean, Mandalorian looks pretty movie quality to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're. Disney gonna, has all the money. They do, <laughs> but they also don't like wasting money. They get really mad when their John Carters and Lone Rangers. Don't but they pan don't out. get mad. They they don't care. They they're okay with making John Carter's and Lone Rangers for two hundred million dollars at a loss, as long as they still get to make Star Wars and Marvel stuff. I was I, I, there's a specific figure that they put out for how much um, money they made or how much money they had to take off of their slate for this year for Disney when they decided not to put Captain Marvel onto Netflix, and it's something to the tune of like one hundred forty nine million. That's right. So that's almost the production budget of the movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because because so. Netflix and Mar- and Disney had that deal that their movies were going to uh, come out on uh, Netflix mm-hmm. like first first, but then they were like, Nah, we're going to put. We don't want you to have our shit anymore. So they had to break that deal and 
Yeah, what'd you say? How much? Like it's 149 million, if I remember. I'll look up the exact number right now. But that's how much money they're willing to give up to keep. Stuff I mean, how much did they? Money. How much did they pay Lucas for for the rights to Star Wars? Oh, like four billion. billion? Yeah. Four point zero five billion or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So they have the money to throw around. I guess it's just. I don't know. My my biggest concern is that this doesn't. Sound, if they do make it a TV show. Or even if it's just like a mini series, who would they get to play Obi Wan? Because I cannot believe that they would get Ewan McGregor to do it. Oscar Isaacs. I <laughs> actually, I think they could. I think they could still get Ewan McGregor. Um, he's doing Seuss, or he's doing Birds of Prey, dude. He's he's what? Not, Has he fallen that far? He's fallen that far. <laughs> he's hurting right now. I mean, come on. Christopher Robin was rough on him. <laughs> Christopher Robin was rough. Yeah, I could see it. I just don't. I don't know. Like. For them to do it right, I mean, what would they even focus on? Would it be the time frame between... I mean, it would have to be, right? It would have to be the time frame between Revenge of the Sith and Episode Four. That's what I would say. The only cool thing I'd be looking forward to in all of that, because basically just be him just spending a lot of time in the desert, uh, is if they somehow include the you know the, the final showdown with Darth Maul. Isn't that also the time period for uh, The Mandalorian? No, if, if I understand it correctly, The Mandalorian takes place after Return of the Jedi. And hmm. before, it should be right after, during the power vacuum with the Empire gone. Oh, okay. So it's still going to take place a long time before Episode 7, um, like about 30 years or whatever it is. But um, no, the, this would probably take realistically uh, between Episodes... Three and four, which is a time span of about 17 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Luke was born at the end of episode three. And yeah, he's so there's a lot of stuff they can cover. But, I mean, those early years have got to be boring as hell. <laughs> a lot of him just meditating. <laughs> I would assume blood. that the latter years would be boring as hell, him just sitting there in the desert as Luke is getting older. No, he's probably going out just fucking with Jawas all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he's bored, man. <laughs> yeah, like what is he doing other than just like learning how to communicate with Qui-Gon? Now, I would be really impressed if they got uh, Sam, uh, not Sam, what's his name? Liam Sam Rockwell. Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson to at least do voiceover. Like that'd be kind of neat. Where, you know, I thought he didn't get to be part of the force after you died. Well, he was the first. That, uh, was, uh, that was the whole thing that he, because he was part of the living force or whatever, when he died, he, his spirit remained. And he taught, he's actually the one that taught Yoda and Obi-Wan how to do the, the Force vanishing um, in the, the canon, technically. Now, how, how many midichlorians do you have to have in your blood to be able to That's do That's been this? a, a retcon <laughs> to no longer matter. So you say. Now it's just about how much you believe, not, not how magical your blood is. <laughs> the, the other thing I was going to ask about this, you said that Disney doesn't, um, like, they don't necessarily want to take a uh, financial loss on something and like or they don't want to take a financial loss on something and they're careful about their money but they've already said with star wars with specifically with the video games with ea and everything they've got to put out what two star wars games in the whole time that they've had this deal with them and they're just like no it's fine this is true okay i think they also just make bad business decisions with certain aspects that 
the fans aren't happy with because they just look at spreadsheets and that's fair don't actually really care i agree like the 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 golden age of star wars games from the late 90s to the early 2000s we have some really great stuff out there with all these different companies a lot of these companies have since gone under or been devoured by bigger companies ea and uh yeah (laughs) ea activision on blizzard all these other companies that have just become really business centric now Mm -hmm. yeah they're pumping out just crap and loading them with microtransactions and um i mean i still remember that one thing that they said about like how ridiculous it is to unlock something like darth vader or luke and they're like well it's to give you a sense of accomplishment yeah that's literally those are the literal words they said or you can pay 60 dollars and get like to get the complete game like additionally but then you have to work for it otherwise yeah and you feel like i've done grind like (laughs) meanwhile somebody that's willing to pay for it will just be like smothering your ass and they've already worked they worked hard for the money so hard for the money yeah their parents (laughs) money sure uh all right do you remember the movie kick-ass i believe so do you remember the scene where they introduce hit girl no yes. she comes into the room starts kicking everybody's ass killing oh, people scene. okay and there's a real cool little music going on in the background that's yeah, real happy jingle well that's the theme song to the banana splits the banana splits <laughs> adventure hour this is the only thing i know about the banana splits <laughs> that that song was used in kick-ass however do you also know a thing called <laughs> five night at freddy's Yes. I've heard of this thing. So the popularity of that game has made it so that people want a, or they're making a horror movie with the Banana Splits characters from the 70s or the 60s uh, as a thing. So they base, the characters in that show essentially look like the Five Nights at Freddy's characters, yes. uh animatronic characters yeah they look like chucky chucky cheese chucky cheese characters on meth right yeah so uh they're gonna be making this movie it's it's uh, gonna be through sci-fi of course (laughs) it's like the channel yeah sci-fi channel the warner brothers home so bad home entertainment and (laughs) sci-fi are bringing back the banana splits the trippy dippy characters introduced back in 1968 as the (laughs) anthropomorphic hosts of the banana splits adventure hour variety program this time around, however, the banana splits are being served up in a horror thr- thriller. Um, <laughs> the synopsis for it is, in the upcoming horror thriller, a boy named Harley and his family attend a ta- taping of the Banana Splits TV show, which is supposed to be fun-filled birthday for young Harley and business business as usual for Rebecca, the producer of the series. But things take an unexpected turn and the body count quickly rises. Can Harley, his mom, and their new pals escape Escape. That's it. <laughs> uh, I mean, this just sounds batshit bonkers to me, but... There's already an adaptation of Five Nights at Freddy's that's happening. That's true. But this is like this is like uh, Pacific Rim and Atlantic Rim. You know, it's there... It's, this is not a mockbuster. This is not a mockbuster. It kind of almost is. Someone thought this was a great idea six years ago, and it's barely getting off the ground. See, here's the thing, though. Uh, the reason why this sounds terrible to me is because Five Nights at Freddy's is a horror series that's being adapted into a horror, like, media. Right. This Banana Splits thing was not a horror series. No, it was not. The characters just happened to look creepy, but that was just a product of their time. I mean, that's, it's essentially, they were the, it's the same stuff as like H&R Huff and Puff and stuff, right? Puff, yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, H.R. Puff, Puff and, and stuff? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. So it 
just looks like they're twisting it to compete with another series that's basically doing like their style but horror but they're adding the horror element as like being shoehorned in and it also seems like there's a meta element to it probably like this is like their their actual characters and it's supposed to be all happy-go-lucky but it takes a turn for the worst (laughs) so strange connection here all of the live action stuff for this show uh it was actually directed by richard donner what interesting so it's it's actually got a connection to horror stuff but not actually like not direct and and superman yeah (laughs) and lethal weapon i don't understand that is that is crazy gotta start somewhere yeah that's true (laughs) i mean was it james cameron made prana too yeah the spawning (laughs) the spawning (laughs) um is this a thing that you'll watch God, no. I mean, I might take my nephews to watch this because they're into this kind of thing now. Like, they're definitely into a heavy horror phase, and I couldn't be more proud. <laughs> but I wouldn't give two shits about this. I'd be like, Look, whatever. It, there's one thing that scares the fuck out of me. It's the animatronics. animatronics. Yep. It scares me to no end. Like, going on a Disney ride <laughs> creeps me the fuck out. Like, really? Just in general? Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a, one of the the nice rides, like Little Mermaid or some shit. Like if there's animatronics, animatronics, I am I want to drop kick shit. <laughs> the, the, the Pinocchio once scared the shit out of me once because that whale comes out of nowhere and it's huge. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Oh, the um. This is their. This is a, a later attempt at a revival here. They tried it once in 2008, but with actual horror, like they 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 showed something for this. Oh wow! And it was not horror. Oh okay. Yeah. That makes sense. They tried to leak it like Ryan Reynolds did with Deadpool. I think they actually showed it. It says, says uh, they announced a multi-platform release featuring new comedy shorts and music videos. This debuted on Cartoon Network starting on September 2nd, Oh, it was 2008. supposed to be like a legit reimagining of yeah. the original. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just like the Muppets did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, You said 2008? Uh-huh. That was around the same time as the I Muppets guess that's did, a good, too. That's, that's a good comparison, then. Like, like I would imagine like a, a more popular version of this would be like if they took the Muppets... And instead of uh, doing that Jason Siegel version that they did, which was essentially just bringing it back to how it used to be, mm-hmm. it instead becomes like a Chucky movie. <laughs> well, they did the one Muppets show. They tried to do like the, the office version of it, like uh, with the two characters doing uh, talking head confessionals. Yeah. And yeah, and that didn't work. I don't even remember that one. Yeah, it was short lived. Yeah. I think it was like the Muppets Live or something that like that. That sounds right. Yeah. That sounds terrible. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I just don't think we need I mean, this. What they really should do is they should make a Muppet movie that's like a detective noir story. Ah. <laughs> Who would and you they, have they, could, they could have like a drug Kermit? in it. Yes. A, a drug? We're, we're not making happy time murder jokes? Oh. <laughs> is that not what that was? <laughs> yes. I think Mitch is the only one that didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> I was like, and Melissa McCarthy would be the perfect human sidekick. <laughs> Wait, I saw this. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, all right. Netflix, guess what? They're what? renting out space up in Cal- uh, up in Canada. Uh, Cinespace Studios and Pinewood Toronto Studios, they're renting out spaces so that they have their own studio sound stages to make stuff now. Oh, they're actually sound stages. I thought you just meant like the production side when you talked about story earlier. Nope, no, they're actually yeah, they're they're amping up their production side so that they, you know they're not paying I guess other studios to make the stuff, so they're going to be making it themselves. I wonder how far this will go. When does Netflix just have all sides of production 
and distribution we'll under see. their belt. They have a factory where they make the t-shirts they ship to Hot Topic. They talk, the thing, one of the things that you know they talk about a lot in Hollywood lately with the whole Fox-Disney merger kind of thing going on. It's like, well, you're taking away one of the branches of movie making, so the pe- a bunch of people are losing their jobs. I feel like this is the alternative. Like Netflix is getting bigger. They're going to be filling in that space that Fox was. Yeah. So this is a good thing. I think this is good, but I also like, I don't know, maybe I just like cyberpunk stuff too much, but this feels like the future where there's, it's just warring conglomerates. Oh, well, other. yeah, that's, that is definitely where we're going. <laughs> Every, everything's going to be owned by four companies. So. Yeah. It's I mean, don't get me wrong. They're already, what is, it, what is it? 16 is the number right now. Is that, that what it is? It traces back to. That makes sense. It's like yeah. Johnson and Johnson, Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. uh, Apple. <laughs> yeah. Basically like those, like those things. Yeah. I don't, I don't and pretty soon geek elite media yeah it's true we're just gonna start uh gobbling up other podcasts first <laughs> i mean you guys already devoured this new machine oh damn <laughs> did i do that <laughs> no uh honestly i just think this is pretty cool that they're starting up their own uh or getting more into the production hub and making toronto their thing i mean you used to work at netflix uh, yes. Tell us your secrets. Only so tangentially. Uh, I mean, you legitimately worked in Netflix. Like, it's the part that started it. Like, your customer service. This is true. That's what I did for a while. And um, all those uh, customers that would call in because they couldn't get it to work on their TV, just turn it off and back on again, you dumb fucks. <laughs> well, then I have you to blame for this next story. <laughs> I mean, they, they turned it on. They, they turned it back on. Look what, look, <laughs> look what happens. Look what happens. Chris Hemsworth is going to be Hulk Hogan in a biopic directed by Todd Phillips for Netflix. Like, All of these words are like magical right now. You know what's the worst part of this? Is that Hulk Hogan is going to be a executive producer on it. So it's not going to be any of the controversial shit. It's going to be his up-and-coming story oh, like it won't show the, the sex tape on there it's not gonna it's not gonna talk about the sex tape you it's not gonna so? it's not gonna talk about him uh using racial terms or in that steroids. tape or using steroids it's gonna be about him being a fat kid and having to come over overcome that so that he become one of he can become one of the biggest names in in wrestling professional the wrestling most electrifying man in sports entertainment that's someone else <laughs> that's the rock i would watch a movie a biopic about the rock who could play the rock other than the rock though you should definitely you should definitely just have the rock play the rock just like howard stern played howard stern in his biopic man they really need to do a sequel to that to show all the (laughs) the shit that's happened since then no i I, I don't need to know (laughs) anything more about howard stern and we'll keep that shock rock bullshit in the 90s but they were the original podcasters yeah (laughs) fuck I, right. I agree. I don't like him the most, but he he laid the groundwork. He did lay the groundwork. You're right. So there's one thing that you said about this that I do like. I don't like the main part. I don't think that we need to sully anyone else with playing Chris or to, with playing Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> um, uh, with playing Hulk Hogan. But there was another person in there. Who playing another wrestler? Who was the other person? No, that was his suggestion. That was John's suggestion. Which, he whoa, said Joe Manganiello I'm, as I'm Macho so, Man. Ah, shit, that's I'm not real. So, Fuck no. this, pro- this project is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I keep, well, I mean, and the only reason I say that is because the the very first time he was on the Nerdist podcast, I don't know if I'm breaking some kind of rule here by mentioning no, a no, different no. podcast. No, go, go go watch all go watch his stuff too. Go buy his D and D shirts. Yes, save no, me, his save dude, I have his workout book. Death as saves. does Mitch. So, uh, yeah, so do I. Both really big fans of that guy's pecs. So <laughs> okay, I didn't go that far. <laughs> 
Oh, Ray was a delt. Anyway, <laughs> he's got a ball. So, <laughs> he's, he got, he's got the lads. It's an interesting book too. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, so, on the very first Nerdist podcast that he did, he did such an amazing because he. I mean, as you just kind of mentioned, he's also a big nerd. You know, <laughs> he, he is. He loves comic books. He loves D and D. He does a lot of stuff like that on YouTube with gaming <clears> and whatnot. And but he also was a really big wrestling nerd, and he particularly loved Randy Macho Man Savage, and it shows because he does a dead-on impression of him. That'd be so wonderful, dude. And he, he he does a dead-on impression of uh, Schwarzenegger too, because yes, he did he, the, he did that sabotage movie with him. But he doesn't do the the comical over the top impression like that most people do with Schwarzenegger. He does the real I'm just talking to you like a normal person one, and it's like freaky. And he also (laughs) does a very very convincing um, uh, Bobby, not Bobby, uh, Jesse Ventura. Oh, does he? Yes. Yeah. He also did the the uh, if it bleeds we can no not that one is the I ain't got time to bleed. That's right. Yeah. He, He did it perfectly. So. I mean, yeah. If he wants, if he he's, I would definitely be. I'm gonna end up watching this one too. But like, I'm not gonna touch this. <laughs> can you imagine bald Chris Hemsworth? Like, that's gonna look. They're weird. not gonna do that part the whole time that they they're gonna have Chris Hemsworth on, on camera or whatever. They're gonna say, oh yeah, and then when Hulk Hogan was 50, here's what he looked like. And it's just gonna be Chris Hemsworth in all his fucking glory. <laughs> <laughs> this is the chance where Hulk Hogan gets to rewrite history. Those show ooh, Maybe they'll have a scene where he's on set on Rocky Three. And oh, they'll have like maybe a, a, another actor play. That's who Oscar Isaac should play, young Sylvester Stallone. He could Perfect. do young Wonderful. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. So that Oscar Isaac versus Chris Hemsworth in a in a boxing match. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. This truly is the best timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, there's that. I, I just, I don't need this movie. I don't want this movie. This should not be being made. That's all I have to say about it's that. It's just going to make you work to play him. Again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, okay. Talking about a little bit of video games. We're getting into video games, but Ubisoft is developing a female-driven Skull and Bones TV show to go along with their Skull and Bones video game, which is a pirate game for all i'm guessing yeah they got a lot of success off of uh assassin's creed black flag and so they took basically that boat system and now they're making skull and bones yeah so is it gonna be set in the same world no no okay i was really hoping this had something to do with that secret society that uh, the skull and bones bush jr and uh john Kerry were a part of right well they already had that joshua jackson movie and then a bunch of sequels to it so oh yeah that was the 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 skulls skulls. yeah national treasure (laughs) that one too (laughs) Um, so yes, I, I mean, (laughs) I think we were talking about this beforehand, sci-fi channel and someone else already tried this. It was called defiance. Yeah. And it didn't do well. Like the, 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 the two things were supposed to intersect, like the things that happened in the video game were supposed to influence what was going to happen in the next season of the show. Is that what they've said is happening with this? I don't know. Or is it just an adaptation? I think, I think it might just be an adaptation. Okay. What do you, I mean, why do you think? What do you think if that's if they go the way of having the video game stuff influence the TV stuff is not a good thing? Or I, I think it's it's definitely interesting to look at now in this day and age where you have so many live service games. So everything like from Fortnite to uh, Destiny to now Anthem and so many different games like that. Um, all of them are games where over time you get different expansions and you just buy that one base game basically. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's a tested thing with Warcraft and whatnot also, right. but that's different from how this will be. It's like a first-person thing rather than some top-down. Um, I just don't know if Skull and Bones... like People like Skull and Bones. People are singing its praises already. It's not even out. I don't think that 
the story seems engaging enough to merit a whole thing. But if it's not tied to it, maybe it's already going to be cool itself. Also, this is a far this is a far cry. I, I'm not trying to say far cry. Um, this is a far cry from the same company who said it was too hard to model female characters, and that's why they didn't have any in one of their games. In, this, in one of the Assassin's Creed, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, they just got to talk to the dudes that make Dead or Alive. They seem to get the jiggle physics down. <laughs> they had too many female characters. <laughs> they cut that show short this week. I that was a uh, what was that? I was thinking when you said Dead or Alive, I didn't think of DOA. I was thinking of what was that? Uh, what's the zombie game where you're four people? It's from Valve. Left for yeah. Left for dead. All right, yeah. Uh, all right, and then there was some news about Overkill's The Walking Dead. Yes, like it went one way, and then they came out and they're like, "Ha ha ha, no." Yeah. So, do you know the story, Stephen? Um, yeah. Do you, did you you had you knew the first part of this, right? Uh, well, I knew the first part. He did it, and then John I, knew the second part. Well, no, actually, you did. I said the second one. Oh, I had nothing yeah, to do with this story. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I said, because I, I had seen that they reported earlier in the week that um, Overkill was not going to release the walk, their Walking Dead game on consoles. They were, after its poor release, um, release numbers on PC, yeah. they were like, oh, no, it's not going to happen. But um, they came out after that story broke say, to on Twitter, I'm guessing, 505 <laughs> Games. Uh, we just wanted to clear the position on Overkill's The Walking Dead on console and confirm that the game has not been canceled, purely postponed, whilst development is ongoing. We share, we will share further news as soon as possible. Now, you said you had a theory or you knew something of why this is probably happening. So it's just a theory. Uh, this is a big property. Okay. They did make this game for PC and it came out and it did not go over well and everything. I think something in their contract... It holds them to releasing something and they can't just pull back. Oh, okay. I think that's what this is. I think that they came out and they were like, hey, like it's postponed, like infinity, basically, before. Because they didn't say like it's canceled, canceled, canceled. Right. It's that pre orders were canceled because they were so far out from stuff. Yeah, because people were getting their money back, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and because it's postponed indefinitely, essentially. Now, this company's probably going to go take uh, venture capital and different stuff like that to make other games. And then at some point along the line, they'll be able to release their console port after it's free of its bugs and other issues from the PC. I just think that somewhere in there, there's a stipulation that says, yo, you guys fucking said you were going to put this out on consoles. You have to put it out. Otherwise, you pay this much money or Uh. something like that. And so they're just like, no, 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 no. We were just kidding. Because one of their lawyers was like, what the fuck were you saying? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, essentially... It would be bad for The Walking Dead after the Telltale debacle that happened, and then now this, for both their video games to have to not come out. I mean, yeah. Well, the, the other one, the Telltale one, that one still came out. Skybound came in and rescued it. Yeah. Um, and they took the like the best and most devoted and most available people um, who had previously worked over there uh, at Telltale to come in and do that game still. They're, and they're all freaking awesome people for continuing to work on this game despite how its development cycle had gone right like there there were a lot of issues with that stuff all right well maybe expect to see it on console if not just go play it on pc just just don't just don't buy it guys it's bad (laughs) so uh the big video game story this week was uh xbox games are going to be on nintendo switch network Mm -hmm. so microsoft has some kind of deal with nintendo Mm -hmm. if you know this one well, I know just a little bit more, but yes. Yeah, so uh, Microsoft is rolling out. There's essentially their Netflix for games, <clears throat> and it's starting to look like we're going to be able to play 
whatever they put on that um, is going to be available on a completely different console. Although this was news to me. I didn't know this part of it from a business perspective. Microsoft owns Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Financially. Yeah. And that was, I, I guess you were also kind of com- uh, commenting that to, they had some kind of rule where Microsoft was essentially kind of let them do their own thing, not really interfere with their game or the creative side of mm-hmm. it. Uh, but this looks like they're starting to encroach a little bit. They're like, okay, now we're going to start cooperating uh, for the better good or the greater good of, of all of us. <laughs> and I'll be honest, this makes me really want to get a Switch. I wanted one already anyway mm-hmm. after they released the trailer for Legend of Zelda Link's Dude, Awakening. <sighs> it looks so good. Or uh, was it Link's Awakening? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Link's Awakening. Awakening. Yeah, it looks so fucking Yeah, good. I'm like, that was that was my Zelda game. Like, mm-hmm. I played the first one, but it was kind of hard. <laughs> the second one I hated because I didn't like that style. Mm-hmm. And I never had a Super Nintendo until recently with the whole NES, the NES classic. classic. Yeah. So, yeah, my Zelda game was A Link's Awakening. Because it was on Game Boy. It yeah. Was right there. And, and I could afford that. So it was so good. And when I saw the trailer for it, I mean, first I saw the memes. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I thought it was fan art at first. Because it looks too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's no way that they're remaking <laughs> Link's Awakening. Like, somebody heard my prayers <laughs> and made this. And Red, all it took was us giving up Reggie Fizeme, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess tangentially is another big story. <laughs> oh, that's Very true. So. I don't know why I didn't talk. I didn't put that one up there, but that is kind of a big story. Yeah, but kind of finishing up the the Nintendo one, so we we may be able to get uh, Xbox games as well on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of hoping that this means that there's also some deal because uh, uh, Microsoft also owned Rare, maybe still does. They they, they loan Rare out to. Nintendo every once in a while. That's already yeah. a thing. So I'm kind of hoping that this this uh, cross synergy that they're doing will make it so that we can get some of those other rare titles that were kind of in the gray area mm-hmm. uh, back on either one of these platforms. Like if we can get a reissue of GoldenEye or Conker's Bad Fur Day. I, I don't think Conker's Bad Fur Day was on it, but a bunch of the other ones were on Rare Replay, which I think you can buy on PC and Jeff a bunch Force of other Gemini stuff. and a few others, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's another one, too, because I really, really like Conker's Bad Fur Day. Uh, well, actually, it's called Conker's Live and Reloaded, yeah, which is the, rema- the remastered version they did for Xbox <laughs> uh, back in the day. That game was so awesome looking. Like, the graphics were just perfect, but... I don't for have some, a sweet spot for Conkers. I love it. it <laughs> I've never played at, it. It came out at the perfect time for me. It's just super raunchy and ridiculous, but yeah. it's so good with meta humor. And it's 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 just really well written. It's, it's got a lot of dark humor in it. And <laughs> the, the N64 version, which is hard to believe for some reason, was actually raunchier than the Xbox version. Really? It came out later, yes. They actually huh. censor a lot more of the, uh, the dirty, like, the the foul language to make and make a lot of dick jokes in there too yeah they i mean they say a lot just of dick jokes they say just about every bad word that there is and this was <laughs> on the n64 yeah it was rated m and <laughs> on the conquer's life and reloaded it was just as gory but it just it didn't have as much of the foul language they actually censor you know words like you know shit and cunt mm-hmm. all, all the all the classics yeah twat <laughs> What uh one one thing that i'm super curious about for the nintendo switch stuff to see where the games go uh, to see where the games go for that stuff is um i don't so every pretty much the the next wave of console gaming stuff is going to be that different video game sort of like providers console people and stuff like that they're all going to end up having their own streaming service where yep. you get that well nintendo oh, i'm sorry um google actually just to the press release saying that during gdc they have a big announcement 
And the word on the street is that that's their video game streaming service finally being announced. So this being this happening right around that same time as that is super intriguing. Um, yeah, I think that's just where it's going to go. Just like all the TV broadcasters, mm-hmm. CBS, Warner Brothers, Fox are all doing their own streaming service. We're going to see Acclaim, Capcom, possibly, <laughs> possibly Konami. Although they kind of seem to be screwing the pooch constantly as far as... They, their they video should, games. They should just sell their stuff already. They just, really just, just sell it. Just give or it just, up. It's okay. Or just allow others to do it. <sighs> all right. So that's all the video game stories we're going to talk about today. <laughs> I didn't just come back into the room or anything. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Star Trek Discovery. But also, uh, rest in peace, Reggie Fizeme over at Nintendo. He's not dead. He's just gone. He's not dead. He's gonna become. <laughs> he's gonna throw his hat into the presidential race. That's oh, what I figure is gonna happen. <laughs> hey, Reggie for twenty twenty. He's got Reggie my twenty twenty. <laughs> uh, Star Trek Discovery season one episode five and six. Choose your pain. And I don't know how would you say the title for episode six? Is it Lathe? Yeah, I'd say Lathe. I would say it's Leta. Leta. Yes. <laughs> is it French? Le that sounds like it to me. Okay. Either way, it's bringing back a <laughs> popular character from Star Trek history mythology. He's certainly a character. He's definitely He's a character. A character. <laughs> uh, one Harry Mud from uh, the original series, and then I think like he also came up in in on Enterprise, if I remember correctly. Oh, or I, not. Maybe he uh, was. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to try to pretend I know anything from the original series. All right. Fair enough. Maybe this is just <laughs> me, but Harry Mudd sounds like code word for dirty butthole. Or sure. His name Probably. was Mudd. Yeah. Um, the fifth episode uh, had a lot to do with uh, Captain Lorca being captured by the, the Klingons mm-hmm. and tortured so that they could learn his secrets, I, I would assume. Yeah. And uh, while on the uh, while being captured and imprisoned, he meets a young lieutenant by the lieutenant name Taylor. of... Tyler. Tyler? She Tyler. Had, Tyler, yeah. And uh, Lieutenant Tyler was on a, another ship that had been... I'm guessing, was it during the fight that, yeah, the, that the, Berm the, started? The, yeah, the, the battle of the uh, binaries. Uh, yeah, thank you. They gave it a name now? Oh, because it, it was Binary Stars or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, he his ship was destroyed. He got captured by the Klingons. He's been there for, I think he said six months. How long? However long it's seven been. months. Seven said. months, but still, it seems like it should have been much longer. I don't. He doesn't have enough facial hair for it to have been. That no, long. that's about <laughs> right, though. So that sounds like. But she would have been. She would have had her was, her her. Six uh, months later is when we see her in the. Okay, then there that, you go. The, the little thing in the beginning, of the ship that got captured for no reason or whatever. Right. Oh. Okay. Now, just as a quick aside, uh, Lethe is actually Greek for the spirit of forgetfulness and oblivion. So essentially because that episode is all about time loop and people keep forgetting that they've already done it and thus let let they. Except for Anthony Rapp. That's right, because he's part Targaryen? Targaryen. Yes. (laughs) Let's go with that. He's the mother of dragons. (laughs) He is Anthony Rapp, the mother of dragons, the breaker of trains. (laughs) Tardigrade, that's right. I like Targaryen. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, um, while on the ship... Harry Mudd and uh, Lieutenant Tyler meet up with Captain Lorca. Tyler and Lorca escape the Klingon ship and leave Mudd behind because he's kind of despicable. He's a terrible yeah. human being. He's working with the Klingons. He is working with the Klingons, selling out uh, 
the Federation. Which I have thoughts on. I think he, he, he everything that's happened still, still working with the Klingons. The seeds were sown. Ooh. Ooh. What do you, I mean, do you have some theories you want to throw out there? I don't, I don't trust Tyler. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, what did you think of uh, the scenario that was set up between Tyler, Mud, and Lorca? It was interesting. I was like, why is this guy here, first <clears> of all? Um, we already found out, you know, as we progressed through the episodes, that he was essentially escaping from something else. And he's definitely an opportunist. Uh, I think Rain Tyler? Wilson, oh, oh, you're talking about Mud. Mud, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Tyler, I don't know. There's something off about him, especially the way that uh, Stephen was kind of cryptically <laughs> referencing his future, um, whatever, like, don't IMDB him because yeah. yeah. it's a spoiler. So I also had a, it, I, the thing, one of the things, like, that the Klingons kept doing with them was, um, you know, choose your pain, because that's the name of the episode, choose, choose your pain. Yeah. So essentially, it's like of the three of them, they have to come to a consensus of who's who's going to get the crap beat out of them, and it kept being Tyler. It wasn't really that bad of a beating, was it? But see, it's like four punches, and then he gets thrown into a bulkhead. I thought there was somebody else though. Um, when oh, did it seem like it was a different soldier in yeah, the beginning? Like it wasn't. Was- I don't Wasn't think it was. It? I think it was. He looks like he had lighter color hair. Because then he kind of looks around the corner and he says, oh, I didn't know there was anyone else here. Oh, okay. Well, so I thought that that first guy that was in there was somebody He died else right there? <laughs> no, they took him out. They took him somewhere. They, yeah, they did take him somewhere. And um, But then when they took Lorca out, they didn't ask to choose your pain. It was just <clears> took him. They just got him now. So I, uh, that's what I was going to say was that um, for, an episode, for a show, which you even made a comment about before we started watching, is that it's quite gorier than previous Star Trek shows. The, the beating, quote-unquote beating, that Tyler takes, he's not really bloodied up. Mm-mm. They do do their job in uh, Foley work of making yeah. it sound like it's it's horrible. Yeah, that metal pipe banging. Exactly. Yeah. But All of us grow, like We're like, oh. <laughs> Anytime someone's head rams into a metal <laughs> beam, I'm like, oh, that's bad. But obviously, it's a TV show. So I don't know. It, I, I there's definitely some very something very suspicious about him, especially when in the next episode in in let the whatever you say it is, the one starts with the L, the L episode, the time loop episode. The he, he's already like man of the people and partying it up, and he's the cool guy at the party kind of thing. It's just like whoa, okay, he's a great dancer. Though. Yeah, <laughs> he's a body's name. Um, oh shit. <laughs> it, oh, what, well, we also have to talk about in Choose Your Pain episode, um, Saru is the acting captain. He pushes the Targi Tardigrade, Tardigrade <laughs> uh-huh. into uh, essentially becoming... Cryptobio- cryptobiosis or something? I forget what the word Chrysalisis? is. Chrysalisis? I don't know. Something with... It makes it, it go. It, makes it so that he can't be used. Yeah. Because <laughs> he overuses it. He, he breaks it. <laughs> Uh, then they figure out that coma is what it is. Yeah. They figure out that, uh, if they inject his DNA into a human body, which it's very close, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. They can use a human to, to warp the ship out. Yeah. Or, Cause, because we still share a portion of our DNA with the bacterium of the universe. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Anthony Rapp's character ends up injecting himself so that they don't kill the tardigrade it makes him a better actor it makes more tolerable <laughs> no okay so this is also the thing is is he a better actor or is he just a character that we just are more attuned to now i guess i don't know he's just because he was, he was his character was just horrible 
He seemed like a bad actor, though. Maybe he's not acting now, and that's why we like him more. Maybe. But we also did see that uh, he's... his. <laughs> the end of the episode is him walking away from the mirror, and his reflection stays there, looking, yeah. and then like walks in away. Just like in Southland Tales. Just like in Southland Tales. <laughs> Just like in anything where the mirror is obviously in fucking full view, and they're holding a shot on it. Like, it's it's a horror trope. What was that that horror movie where in the mirror, like a girl, like she like pulled her face like a. I think it was just called Mirrors. Yeah, I've seen that scene's nuts. (laughs) There was that scene in Poltergeist where the guy starts tearing his skin off, and I don't like that. that Don't you just see like fall into the sink afterwards? Yeah, they do that in uh, Family Guy. And then he turns into someone else, doesn't he? He's like the Colonel, (laughs) Colonel Sanders. (laughs) He he no, he turns into uh, uh, not Peter Griffin. Yeah, well, yeah, he is Peter Griffin. He turns into (laughs) Hank Hill. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, and yeah. And it goes <laughs> propane or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, something is happening with uh, Anthony Rapp's character, mm-hmm. which I can't remember his actual name, his character's name, but Anthony Rapp's character. Yes. It's Stamets. 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 It doesn't matter. It's one of those. Spanish Baratheon. Which then allows him to be outside of the time loop when it happens in the next episode Mm -hmm. since he exists outside of time for some reason uh because the tardigrade itself is a interdimensional being and what is space and time if not the same thing (laughs) definitely is it's a fabric we're getting into (laughs) timey-wimey wibbly wobbly stuff this i've watched a lot of star trek and this show feels like it's playing pretty fast and loose I've heard I mean, Jordy say a lot of bullshit before, but I take issues with this one. They do. It, it, it almost seems like no problem is within their realm to solve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just more of a moral dilemma of whether or not they should do the thing that needs to be done. <laughs> like, True. That's an interesting point to be in, where it's now like we don't know what to do now because like the technology just doesn't exist. I mean, they figured out time travel. Instantly. In, yes. Like, they're like, oh, so this is what he's doing. So let's uh, counter that. And then we have the whole thing solved. And mm-hmm. Ultimately, I mean, although I, I think that's probably the episode I've enjoyed the most so far. It also is kind of like the one that's the least related directly to, like, the overall plot of the show, I think. This oh, definitely yeah, definitely. Well, it's, it's got this, the this Klingon a, stuff. Like, this was a bridge episode. This definitely was a bridge episode. Yeah. But you know what? This was the funnest episode I've watched so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The most fun? Most Maybe. Fine. Most okay. Is it because it did take some irreverent turns, like with uh, with Mud just killing the captain over, over and over, and over yeah. in many creative ways? I and mean. then their solution was to call his fiance to come pick him up. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically call on him and like get him in trouble with his like owners or his, his uh, father. His father, the old bond chain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, and if you know Mud from the previous in incarnations, incarnations. Thank you. Like he's. A shyster like that, and he even says, "Don't try and con a con man," which they end up doing. So, I like. I'm just saying, I had a lot of fun with this episode. I just hope that Burnham is able to figure out that hey, there's something going on with Anthony Rapp's character to be like, need to look at this more closely. Yeah. I don't like, think I don't think Anthony Rapp is going to be able to be the one to figure stuff out. I mean, yeah, I don't. I he's I don't, too he's too caught up in things. I yeah. hope Anthony Rapp becomes the first Q. So. I thought there might have been a Q reference at the end of this episode. Oh, really? Because he's... Uh, so, in this episode, um, Rain Wilson is kind of playing, like, a Q personality type character. Yeah. And when he leaves, he says, uh, he says like, farewell, Mon Capitan. <laughs> which is classic Q. What was the... Oh, what was the other thing, though? The um, Oh, <laughs> the reference that um, 
John and I both caught. Oh, for the, rent. The rent oh, reference yeah. because there's a scene when Anthony Rapp dances with the. Uh, with uh, Burnham's character, and he says something about, "Can't you just let me lead?" Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's a rent reference. I yeah, I think that sounds verbatim like what he says yeah. to uh, one of the characters. Yeah. yeah um, what'd you say the the girl's name was? Oh, Marine. Yeah, Marine's girlfriend, played I think. by uh, Adina Menzel. Yeah, but her girlfriend is the one that he dances with. Yes. That's yeah. Correct. It's been a long time since I saw Rent. <laughs> no, I, that that. The way that that scene played, as soon as you guys said it, like when he said it, you guys pointed it out. Yeah. The the camera cuts felt like one of the times when they pay an homage to something. Yeah, they show the character who it would be, who the attached reference thing is, and they cut away from them like immediately to like a wide shot to give you time to process something and don't put anything immediately after it. Yeah, it's that when when they had it um, us time to process it. Uh huh. When, when they had uh, Seth MacFarlane, Seth MacFarlane. Sure. Family guy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when they had him in Star Trek in, in um, uh, uh, Star Trek 9? No. Or no. Star Trek 2009, I should say? No. It, was he in there? Wasn't he? I don't know. He, he was in the TV show, the one with Captain Archer. Oh, that's right. Enterprise. Yeah. He when was he was in, in there, the whole thing he did was he, he was just supposed to be some like warp engineer guy. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, how's the, how's the thing doing up there? And he's like, oh, it should be fine here in just a couple minutes. Boop, 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 boop. And then they, <laughs> they like pull away. Nothing else happens for a second. And then they go away. So you can be like, ah, that's the guy. <laughs> he likes Star and, Trek. And that's the reason why he makes the Orville because he just loves Star Trek so he much. He does. Um, so, uh, one of the things that I, I mentioned in, in watching these two episodes is that uh, they are giving Saru's character so much screen time, mm-hmm. which I'm glad because Doug Jones is awesome. Um, I think this is probably the most that I've ever seen him in anything. Like Shape of Water, Hellboy. Yeah, but <laughs> like one, he doesn't talk in in uh, Shape, Shape of, of Water. Water. Yeah, it's true. Hellboy, he definitely takes a backseat to Ron Perlman's uh, yeah. Hellboy. Well, it's like, called Hellboy. It's called Hellboy. Um, <laughs> But like this, he, he's talking. He's doing the. He's doing. He's doing a lot of the acting. Like mm-hmm. I mean, he's right up there with Sonequa Martin Green as uh, Burnham's character. You know? I still think that his best role was uh, one of the gentlemen in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah, the Hush episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then again, not talking. That's true. Um, That's their whole thing. <laughs> also, not him talking when he's a Silver Surfer. Also, not him talking Silver Surfer or talking in the first Hellboy. Yeah, that was uh, fuck David Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce. Um, Fraser names I can remember. <laughs> uh, this so, has been your toss salad minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a there was one more thing I want. Oh well, talking about references and stuff like that. Like, how much of making a new sh- Star Trek show has to be new story and references to old story? Because now, even in this episode, we saw in the chamber in Sonequa Martin Green or Burnham's lab you saw you pointed it out it was a Gorn skeleton or something like that yeah, yeah. it looked like they had a like an anatomy uh like dried up skull uh, a skeleton of a Gorn which was like hey that's that thing that Kirk fights in that one episode right exactly well, which, directly a list of names of captains yes and oh. Archer was in there that's uh-huh. right yeah so, I mean, what do you think? How, how much of that you, do you have to play lip service to quote-unquote fans and how much is new story? I Ironically, I think that those references aren't for the hardcore fans because the hardcore fans want to see new stories. Mm-hmm. Those references hmm. are for the people who are only tangentially uh, like interested and they're like, oh, I recognize that. Or you know, maybe they feel like it's a, an Easter egg that's you know, easily spotted. Mm-hmm. 
to kind of keep you engaged. It was like, oh, they're doing that for me, kind of. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel like the real hardcore Star Trek nerds, they want to see new stories. It doesn't matter if it's with new characters, just something interesting that hasn't been done yet. I mean, you have the whole universe to play with. Then, you know, do something that hasn't already been done before, like a Groundhog's Day episode or, uh, you know, just this weird other dimension thing that we have going on right now. Because I'm still not sold that this is the yeah. the Kelvin timeline. I am. It's just... I, I think I think it is. I think it has to be. I think with if the introduction a new timeline, of Harry Mudd, it has to be. It's. I think this is just... This is an actuality, just a reimagining. So... This is essentially like three Star Trek, and it's like a whole new take on it altogether. I don't think this takes place in either the Kelvin or the original timeline. They're just remaking Star Trek. I, it's possible. Don't get me wrong. So there'd be like a movie universe and a TV universe? Basically, yeah. And this would be completely, although they're they're tangentially related, but they're not the same thing. Yeah. And not, so in, and not in that alternate timeline way. It's just a different beast that happens to have its roots in like the same place i mean don't get me wrong I, I think people would prefer that rather than having to deal with like an agents of shield situation where the things don't touch each other right or defenders and all of that mm-hmm. i just think like if you announce another new timeline thing it's like what the fuck <laughs> i don't understand anymore <laughs> to I mean, me as, as long as they're good you can get away with it i mean that part i'll agree with yeah. for sure it's just you gotta you know hope they keep it up because i'm like i'm entertained so far but like if we weren't doing it for this i wouldn't be watching this yeah i, I if we if we weren't doing it for this i would have dropped out two episodes ago <laughs> like i did the <laughs> like first <you> time <laughs> uh all right so if you have any opinions on star trek discovery season one or any of the stories we talked about today we'd love to hear from you you can find me on twitter i am at mitchipedia gem gem stands for geek elite media john's also on twitter as i am at magic bollocks you want to find Steven, you can find him at... You can find me on Thursdays playing Starfinder at Space D&D on twitch.tv slash jbruce, J-B-R-E-W-S, and Fridays uh, on twitch.tv slash mod20game, M-O-D, 2-0 gaming. It's a good time. Come on over. Uh, the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archive episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media website, geekleetmedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candice Giss is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candice is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code GEEKOUT, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candice on Instagram and start looking the best you you can.